Securities Act. 24 hours in and there are more questions than answers. Questions about whether this is justified, questions around if the criteria is met, questions around what this means to Canadians' rights and freedoms. Parliamentary approval is required in order for the Prime Minister to use this unprecedented sledgehammer. So can the Prime Minister tell us when will Parliament be debating this? Will it be coming to us on Friday? And does he expect that we will look at it Friday, but then rise, take a week off, and not actually deal with this until March? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, after discussions with Cabinet and Caucus, after consultations with the Premiers of all provinces and territories, after uh, conversation with opposition leaders, we decided to invoke uh, the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear, Mr. Speaker. The scope of these measures are time-limited and geographically targeted. They are reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address, and they are fully to be compliant with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to uh, reassure all Canadians uh, that this is the right thing to move forward. Honourable Leader of the Opposition. I had a very simple... All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. What's happening in our uh, northern neighbour country, Canada, can happen here. Canada is becoming a dictatorship because truckers have been blocking roads in Ottawa and on, and on uh, bridges to the United States, certain, certain bridges anyway. So a state of emergency, he has the authority to do what he wants. People will be, can be, arrested for opposing the government. So there's a lot to be learned from this. And I have said for all of my life, truth is not a left-wing value, it's a liberal value. I have not added much, or not added often, that liberty is not a left-wing value. If Americans, if the world had clarity about leftism, the world would be a much better place. They, they threaten the greatest values of life, and people don't know it. Because of the the clouds, the fog of equity or equality and social justice and whatever wonderful sounding words are used and everything that you value is then crushed in the name of these wonderful sounding slogans. And people fall for it. This should frighten you, what is happening in Canada. Canada was considered a robust democracy, but it's not. The emergency powers issue is a very difficult one, and now I am convinced it, it, uh, it, it will so easily be abused that it cannot exist. We cannot have dictators running our countries. And if you can do it because of a trucker strike, then you can do it because of anything. 
Remember another thing I have said about the left? And it is the everlasting shame of every liberal in your life that they vote for the left. They're often wonderful people, but they, the ability of wonderful people to abet evil uh, is uh, a given in life. Look at Minnesotans. Really, that's the greatest example. We speak of Minnesota nice because there are so many nice people in Minnesota. And they vote for awful human beings. They vote for despicable, life-crushing human beings. So it's because people have not been educated into understanding that the left is a force of evil. Liberalism is not. Conservatism is not. Leftism is. Justin Trudeau is a leftist. The Democratic Party of the United States has become a left-wing party. What was it, the 30th? Was it the 30th or the 50th? Do you know the number of Democratic congressmen, members of Congress, who have said they will not run? 30. It's up to 30. And it's overwhelmingly even those with a smidgen of non-leftism in them. They, it's not their party. I know it'd be, it'd be, it's asking the nearly impossible, but they should become Republicans. And for those of you who watch from the grandstands and go, well, look, the Republicans went far right. Tell me an example of how the Republicans have gone far right. Reacting to the left and trying to defeat the left is not an act of far right. What is far right? That we should have a a voter's ID when we go to vote? Is that far right? What's far right? I'd like to know, is it even, was it even far right to say marriage is between a man and a woman? Is that far right? You may say it's wrong, but it isn't far right. Unless, unless uh, Barack Obama was a far rightist uh, through half of his administration, all of his life till, uh, till the mid of his mid administration. I'd like to know what is far right about the Republican Party as compared to the far left, which the Democratic Party has become. People don't understand the left. This has been my lament my whole life. They fall for slogans. This, this grab of power by Justin Trudeau should really frighten people, Americans and Canadians and all people in the West. But we've seen it coming. My favorite, my favorite remains. My favorite remains the the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who actually told her people, <laughs> "I actually, I, 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 I'm laughing because it's so Orwellian that all truth, if you don't hear it from the government, it isn't true." And, and people in New Zealand, a Western uh, uh, English-speaking democracy. You can also trust the, you can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, you can also trust the Director-General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. 
We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. There you go. That's the line I sit here with bated breath awaiting. Unless you hear it from us, it is not the truth. How does she know that? I, I, I have no doubt she believes what she said. Uh, I try to tell the truth. That's why I, I've been broadcasting for 40 years and write, write books on biblical commentary, among other books. I, I've never been caught in a lie. I've made mistakes, but I don't lie. But I would not say... Unless you hear it here, it is not the truth. <laughs> I I would find that laughable. The people I work with would laugh. Although, maybe we should adopt it. <laughs> maybe we should play the New Zealand Prime Minister uh, on, on each, uh, the introduction to each hour. Unless, unless you, you hear it from us, you, um, it is not the right. truth. <laughs> unless you hear it from us, it is not the truth. Now, why is it laughable if I say it, but it's not laughable if a government says it? Answer that one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, what's happening in our to our north is a very scary development. I, I wonder if Canadians are awakening. Back in a moment. There's a, uh, a counter-revolution taking place here, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm about to read to you from today's New York Times is sort of incredible. That means hard to believe. In Landslide, get that? Landslide? That's the headline. San Francisco forces out three Board of Education members. The recall, which galvanized Asian Americans, was a victory for parents angered by the district's priorities during the pandemic. Ooh. Gabriela Lopez, a picture of her, the president of the San Francisco School Board. San Francisco, you get this is, I find this incredible. was one of three members targeted in the recall, the president of the school board. This is a great day. My friends, in the darkest days of 2020 and 2021, you and I, and I mean this quite sincerely, were here. I never offered you false hope. I don't believe in that. I respect you too much. But I said it is our duty to fight. I did not know if we would prevail. You don't fight only if you think you would prevail. Otherwise, very few people would fight. The left is a completely destructive force. Completely. There is nothing good about the left. There's a lot of good about liberals personally, but they vote for the left, so they damage this country. If liberals voted their values, this country would be utopian. How's that? 
All I ask of liberals is vote your values. In a recall election fueled by pandemic angst and anger, look at the way they write it. Isn't that that's amazing? The idiocy of the of the New York Times writer. Fueled by pandemic angst? What are they what are you talking? It's angst about you despicable reporters at the Times. It's angst about you, sir. Thomas Fuller, the writer. It's angst about you and your fellow leftists on the board of San Francisco schools. It's not about the pandemic. Fueled by pandemic angst and anger. What is pandemic anger? That people were shut down? Oh, that's true, but they, he wouldn't acknowledge that. Yes, we are angry at the scum that run California and force people to lose their livelihoods. That's correct. I'm angry, and I didn't lose a penny. San Francisco voters, I mean, the very first words are false. They're lies. The fi- I'm, I'm going crazy. I read to you gigantic lies. The anger is at what they're ruining, the way they're ruining our schools, not about the pandemic. He doesn't know he's lying, though. I Now I'm convinced of it. I don't think this man who wrote this piece in the New York Times knew he's lying. Can you be angry at a virus? Uh, at a I'll be, va- that's right, angry at a virus. Oh, let me tell you. Angry at a virus, that's right. San Francisco voters ousted three members of the Board of Education yesterday, Tuesday, closing a bitter chapter in the city's politics that was rife with infighting, accusations of racism, and a flurry of lawsuits. More than 70% of voters supported the recall of each member when initial results were released just before 9 p.m. 70% in San Francisco? If that doesn't give you reason for hope, San Francisco is a lost city. It is composed overwhelmingly of people who are not liberal, but leftists. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. What was it? The moral majority? Remember that term? Which, of course, the left totally mocked. More than 70% of voters supported the recall of each member, and one of the board members conceded defeat. Those voters made up about one quarter of registered voters in the city, and turnout was not expected to be considerably higher. The vote stripped the members, Allison Collins, Gabriela Lopez, and Fauga Moliga. Look up Fauga Moliga. I'm just curious if that's another female. Women, for those of you who romanticize the world being run by women, all you need to do is think of teachers' unions and how they have ruined America's children in vast numbers, and then tell me you would like to be governed by women. All right? Just just for the uh, the dreamers among you who don't live in reality. Ms. Lopez served as president. They will be replaced by members chosen by Mayor London Breed. Oh, well, that's uh, somewhat uh, modifies the victory, but doesn't matter. Kick out the new ones from London Breed. Another giant. 
It's the people rising up in revolt in San Francisco and saying it's unacceptable to abandon your responsibility to educate our children, said Siva Raj, a San Francisco parent of public school students who helped lead the signature campaign to put the recall election on the ballot. That's correct, among other things. So I'm going to read further because even though it's the New York Times, I get some information. And the uh, this comment is about they're not even opening the schools. A An act of malpractice and abuse of children for which teachers should be held responsible for a generation. I don't know how kids get back two years. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know the answer. I'm not in that sense, a professional pedagogue. I've not studied the issue. You deprive kids of two years of schooling, what happens? I don't know. I don't know the answer. You force kids not to see faces for two years, what happens? I don't know. I can't think that any of this is positive. I can't think, well, that's obvious, but I can't think that any of this is not very negative in its impact on children. Parents are angry. That's nice. Righteous anger is a good thing. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. My friends, I I am sort of jubilant. And I am never jubilant in a forced way. It's authentic. I'm talking macro. I'm personally jubilant guy because I am very blessed with my own life but I'm talking about my worries about my beloved America and Western civilization the the Canadian truckers the staggeringly large demonstrations that are unreported by American media in Europe and now San Francisco I repeat, San Francisco, even the article in the New York Times, which begins with a lie, but is otherwise seemingly informative, notes that there are more dogs in San Francisco than children. Isn't that interesting that they would would note that in, in a New York Times piece? Oh, my goodness. What's wrong with that? That's a great one. What's wrong with that? That was perfect. See, Sean... I'm tongue-tied. He gets it right two-thirds of the time. What's wrong with that? I'd like to answer that since she asked. I'll tell you what's wrong with that. Human beings should make human beings. Human beings, it's beautiful to have dogs. I have two beloved dogs and a beloved cat. And I can't say beloved, but certainly well-liked giant tortoises, two of them. However, it doesn't compare to having children. The left doesn't have children compared to the right. That is one of the blessings of the left. They don't reproduce. But unfortunately, what they do is, because people send their kids to school, 
that's where they make new leftists, at the schools. They don't make new leftists through birth. They make new leftists through schools. Three board members in the San Francisco Board of Education have been recalled. So I wanted to read to you further of why this happened. Siva Raj, that sounds like an Indian name, not not Native American, India Indian, a San Francisco parent of public school students who helped lead the signature campaign, said it's the people rising up in revolt in San Francisco and saying it's unacceptable to abandon your responsibility to educate our children, which is all the teachers did. That's exactly right. The teachers' unions are bad. They're bad things. They hurt your children. That's all they do is hurt your children. That teachers support teachers' unions is very, very worrisome about the the moral character of many of our teachers. That they wouldn't that they were so scared. Remember, being scared is a major feature on the left. Scared of COVID is the most recent and obvious. Scared of the existential threat of global warming. Scared of diving boards. Scared of secondhand smoke. Scared of what we used to call monkey bars. What are they called? Jungle uh, jungle bars? Is that what they're called now? Jungle gym? Really? The bars are called jungle gym? You're getting an affirmative. Monkey bars. Uh, seesaws. They're f- afraid of seesaws. Do you know that uh, I live in California? Do you know how how often in California you encounter a sign warning you that whatever you are about to do can cause cancer? I wonder how many states have a sign on every gas pump, every one, that this is known to cause cancer. And uh, and uh, I think child defects. By the way, if you believe the health authorities, they're the people who put that up. Isn't that interesting? Does anybody believe that that pumping your car with gas uh, is a threat to your life? How many people believe that? None. So why do they believe health authorities on COVID? They know they're being lied to and that hypochondriacs put those uh, uh, signs up. So why do they believe them on, on uh, lockdowns and masks? Why didn't they lose their credibility? Yes, we have the makings of an awakening, not awakening. An awakening about the horror of of a leftist dystopia with the Canadian truckers and the typical left-wing reaction, deprivation of human rights to speech, to assembly, etc. And now the ultimate San Francisco, 70, over 70% of voters recalled three members of the school board. Now, this is coming from the New York Times. More of the reasons. 
The recall was a victory for parents who were angered that the district spent time deciding whether to rename a third of its schools last year instead of focusing on reopening them. Oh, you know what? I, 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 it's going to sound silly, but it's okay. I, I always gamble with that. I actually ha- I feel endorphins. You know the hormone that brings that sort of bathes you in in joy. I am actually experiencing that now. And and why would I not be? I experienced angst at other times when I when I read. You're you're gonna rename a school named after Abraham Lincoln? You sick puppy. And so even the New York Times acknowledges that that is one of the reasons for the recall. They spent more time renaming than reopening. By the way, I just want to remind you, what was the first sentence of this man's article? In a recall election fueled by pandemic angst and anger. But notice not one of the reasons is pandemic. Renaming schools is not pandemic. Closing schools, the pandemic was the excuse, but there was no reason. It has, it's not pandemic anger. It's anger at what, what school boards did. Okay, just wanted to tell you why I called the first sentence a lie. But I, I shouldn't say lie. Misinformation. And I'm, I'm not being cute. It's not that I'm just appropriating a left-wing term. It's that I don't believe the writer was was aware he wasn't writing the truth and i think i think to say a person has lied they have to know they are i don't know it's it's it, i it's an interesting philosophical and moral question doesn't matter for now it also appeared to be a demonstration of asian american electoral power a galvanizing moment for chinese voters in particular who t- turned out in unusually large numbers for the election. Dear Chinese voters in San Francisco, why will you then vote Democrat later this year? I have allowed silence on radio because there is no answer to my question. Why would Asian American voters vote Democrat? What values do the Democrats hold that you hold? In echoes of debates in other cities, many Chinese voters were incensed when the school board introduced a lottery admission system for Lowell High School, the district's most prestigious institution, abolishing requirements primarily based on grades and test scores. Yes. And you will still vote Democrat come, come November. What the left is saying, they say it. It's not something I infer. It's stated. It's not even implied. It's stated. As the Princeton Ballet Company, remember I quoted them two weeks ago? Perfectionism is a white supremacist value. Therefore, O oh Asian parents in San Francisco, 
Excellence in schoolwork is a white supremacist value. The fact that you are Asian and hold this value and you are not white only means that you have adopted white supremacist values in your raising your children to have good grades. Shame on you. There should be no reward for the hard work your children put in to get good grades. That's it. That's the left's view. So let's have a lottery. Why the hell should we reward hard work? They don't believe in that because it doesn't produce equity. What is equity? Equity is not equality. Equality is equality before the law and before the Lord. Equity is equal results. That is a lottery. There you go. A judge last year ruled that the board had violated procedures in making the change. Didn't matter, did it? The voters of this city have delivered a clear message, Ms. Breed, that's the, that's the mayor, who supported the recall, said in a statement. She knows where the politics are headed, London Breed, I'll tell you that. The landslide result is already being analyzed for its implications for the city's upcoming elections. District Attorney Cheza Boudin, is that how it's pronounced? Boudin, Cheza Boudin, 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 a progressive prosecutor. I love that. They, they don't put progressive in quotes in the New York Times. Faces a recall election in June fueled by moderate San Franciscos worried about a spike in property crimes and hate crimes during the corona, what what hate crimes? What are they? What is he? What is the spike in hate crimes in San Francisco? Do you know? Yeah, Asian. Asian, but how do they know it's a hate crime? Anyway, and most of those crimes are committed by minorities. They're not even committed by whites. Ms. Breed is running for re-election next year. We continue. The Dennis Prager Show. Uh, yeah, that's under two weeks from today. Another one of my attempts. To to bring the wisdom of religious texts to people of every faith and no faith. The Last Supper was a Passover Seder. It's the oldest holiday in the world, and in many ways, it's most significant. I explain the entire service, and if you want to have your own services, it's obviously the guide to use, I think. But even just reading it any time of the year, I'll share with you some reactions at other times of people who got the 50 free copies. And uh, they're very moving. So you can get an autographed copy at the uh, Prager store or just uh, pre-order it at Amazon. The Rational Passover Haggadah. Even if you've never heard of the word Haggadah, it's irrelevant. What's happening in San Francisco with the recall is awesome. I was looking it up during the break. They wanted to drop the names of 44 schools, as I mentioned to you, and even angered people in San Francisco, which is astonishing. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Paul Revere, 
Dianne Feinstein even had a school named after her, and they wanted... I told you, liberals are the enemy of leftists. Leftists hate liberals. They just use them, and liberals are totally willing to be used. But they share nothing. The only thing liberals and left share is antipathy to Republicans. And that is quite sufficient for liberals to vote Democrat. It's not mature, it's not, not deep, it's not moral, it's not wise. But if the human species were all of those things, I could talk to you about fountain pens and classical music and audio equipment, all I like. The targeted schools, oh yes, so I mentioned to you about those names. Criticism of the board grew stronger while signature gathering for the recall effort was already underway. When controversial tweets written by Ms. Collins, the board's vice president, were discovered, in them, she said, Asian Americans were like slaves who benefited from working inside a slave owner's house. (laughs) How's that? Why? I told you, they believe hard work should be rewarded. That makes them white supremacists. Okay, everybody, you should smile. We continue. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. It's already Thursday. You already know my theory. Life goes by by the week. Very scary things are happening in Canada. I wrote at the very beginning of the pandemic. I'll get you the month exactly. I remember the title of my column, Dress Rehearsal for a Police State. And I was right. Once you allow people to take your rights away, it's like every act in life, every evil act, every sin, if you will, to put it theologically, the first time is quite hard. And then after that, it becomes progressively easier. My assumption is that the first time one... uh, One is unfaithful to one's spouse is extremely difficult. The fifth time is extremely easy. The first time you take away people's rights for the first time in that country's history, basic rights of assembly, of speech, of uh, religious liberty, uh, there, there's a slight hesitation, although on, on the part of the left, I'm not even sure that that's true. And then it becomes progressively easier. And so it was, as I said, a dress rehearsal for a police state. Canada is now a police state. I'm going to read to you. This is not from a right-wing source, moreover. This is from the CBC, a left-wing source, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The headline... Banks are moving to freeze accounts linked to convoy protests. Did you hear that? 
banks. Here's what you need to know. Emergency Act directs financial institutions to cut ties with some people. The government of Canada is telling banks to cut ties with some people. Tucker Carlson made the point that the media and the State Department are utterly contemptuous of Viktor Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary. But they claim that he's authoritarian. But neither the State Department nor especially the American media give a damn about authoritarianism. If it's on the left, they, they really like it. From Castro to Trudeau. Imagine that, directing banks to freezing assets, to not allowing people to utilize banks in their private lives because they opposed the mandate that you either get a vaccine or you lose your job, your ability to feed your family as a trucker. That's what this is all about, remember. Canada is not a free country. The word democracy is not understood by, by most people. It's very sad. Canada is a democracy. People voted to have a tyrant in power. Democracy and freedom ain't the same, folks. Democracy only means that leaders are elected by majority vote. But if you elect a despicable human being, then that's a democracy. But you end up with a despicable country. The issue is not whether a country is a democracy as much as it is, is a country a free country? It is theoretically possible, I don't advocate this, obviously, but it's theoretically possible to have a king and a freer country than a democracy and an unfree country. Because people don't give a crap about freedom. That's the amazing thing. Only conservatives care about freedom. This is one of the instances where I would lump liberals with the left because they vote for the people who deprive people of freedom. Liberals do. In Canada and the United States. It is astonishing that this is not worldwide news, what is happening in Canada. It is astonishing Using powers under the granted under the Emergencies Act, the federal government has directed banks and other financial institutions to stop doing business with people associated with the anti-vaccine mandate convoy occupying the nation's capital. Wow. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had done that with people who were affiliated? Banks, you cannot do anything with people affiliated with the people that are taking over the uh, downtown areas of major cities. Can you imagine? Would have been his third impeachment? According to the regulations published late Tuesday, financial institutions are required to monitor and halt all transactions that funnel money to demonstrators a measure designed to cut off funding to a well-financed protest. 
remember this is CBC, which hates the protest, that has taken over large swaths of Ottawa's downtown core. Wow. Guy, guy wants to make a living and not be fired because uh, he hasn't taken a vaccine. For all we know, the guy has natural immunity, which is superior, and uh, now cannot uh, engage in financial transactions. And needless to say, the banks go, fine. The collusion of, of big uh, corporations and big government is known as fascism. The government's new directive, called the Emergency Economic Measures Order, wow, I mean, that's truly fascist language, or communist language, they're morally indistinguishable, goes beyond asking banks to simply stop transferring funds to protest organizers. Get that? The government wants banks to stop doing business with some people altogether. Hmm. The order says that banks and other financial entities like credit unions, co-ops, loan companies, trusts, and cryptocurrency platforms must stop, quote, providing any financial or related services, unquote, to people associated with the protests a move that will result in frozen accounts, stranded money, and canceled credit cards for demonstrating. Uh, it's, uh, this is next door, folks. As I said, nothing like this has happened in Hungary. And yet uh, I went to Hungary with... Tucker Carlson and I were the two American lecturers at that conference, or gave the two major speeches in any event, and uh, widely excoriated for supporting an authoritarian. Would you say that if somebody went to Canada? Oh, press, oh, journalists. The Emergencies Act gives authorities the power to freeze the finances of those connected to blockades and protests, and the consequences could last long after the demonstrations end. Did you hear that? Wow. I I might add, talking about democracy, Justin Trudeau got about one out of three votes. But in the parliamentary system, that's fine. You just join with others who have similarly left-wing views, like the Green parties or whatever party might be on the left, and you can make a government. It's it's interesting that, uh, again, wouldn't you think the people who are so angry about the fact that Hillary Clinton got more votes than Donald Trump, but they would be very angry that... Justin Trudeau could not get more than a third of the votes, but he's he is the uh, tyrannical prime minister of Canada. Doesn't bother them in the least. The government is also ordering insurance companies to suspend policies on vehicles that are part of an unlawful, quote, public assembly. These financial institutions can't handle cash, issue a loan, 
extend a mortgage, or more generally facilitate, quote, any transaction of a designated person, unquote, while the Emergencies Act is in place. But the previous sentence, if you recall, was consequences could last long after the demonstrations end. Banks are also required to, quote, disclose without delay the existence of property in their possession or control or, quote, any information about a transaction or proposed transaction. I'm Dennis Prager, and I am reading to you what is happening in Canada. It is now a tyranny, a democratic tyranny. That's right. They haven't taken away the vote. This country, the United States of America, is the republic for which it stands. This country is not a democracy. The founders were so brilliant. I've never, I don't think in history, so many brilliant, wise, terrific human beings gathered at one time in one place as the founders of the United States did. They wanted a republic, not a democracy. They trusted the majority as much as you trust a magician. You know you're being fooled, but you don't know how. In that sense, of course, I I love magic, just for the record. But they don't claim otherwise. The left claims otherwise. Watch our magic. But it's not magic, it's real. Canada is an unfree country, way, way, way less free than Hungary. So much for all of these groups. I'd like to see Freedom Houses, which used to be so terrific. I'd like to see their measure, where they put Canada now. I'm going to look into that during a break. I mean, this is this is f- very frightening. Banks are required to disclose without delay the quote the existence of property in their possession or control or any information about a transaction or proposed transaction related to a designated person to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police (RCMP) and the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Regulation, the regulation's definition of a designated person also includes people who, quote, provide property to facilitate or participate in any assembly. <laughs> this is fascist. If this isn't fascist, the word should never be used. Canada is an unfree country. Don't visit. Don't go there. If you would boycott South Africa, boycott Canada now. If you would boycott any tyranny, boycott Canada now. I can't believe I'm saying it. I mean, it used to be a joke. Remember, blame Canada? Who has ill will to Canada? I've spoken in nine of their ten provinces. All I've had is goodwill to Canada. Justin Trudeau is a pig. Listen to this. Listen to this. Jewish member of the Canadian Parliament getting up in Parliament 
and speaking after Trudeau said that anyone who supported the demonstrations was aligned with the Nazis. That's scum. I am a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and I have never made to, I've, it's never been singled out, and I have never been made to feel less, except for today when the Prime Minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology, and I think he owes an apology to all members of this house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sure. She's a Jewish Nazi. Nazi, 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 Nazi. That's all they know how to say on the left. Who's closer to the Nazis in terms of uh, deprivation of human rights? The American left or the American right? The Canadian left or the Canadian right? Canada is now a tyranny. Get it? It's not an it's not an insult, it's a description. If Fidel Castro took over Canada, this is what it would begin to look like. You can't have financial records if you are in a demonstration against Trudeau. Do you get it? I'm reading to you. This is the CBC. Their complete equivalent of CNN. The regulations definition of a designated person also includes people who provide property to facilitate or participate in any assembly, whatever the hell that means. In other words, under these regulations, anyone sending funds to support these protests could be facing a shaky financial future. If you send it, sent money to the truckers, you, you are uh, skating on thin ice financially. We will break you. Canada is not a free country. It's hard to believe. But it's only hard to believe if you don't understand the pedigree of Trudeau. Justin Trudeau is the son of Pierre Trudeau, the last Canadian Prime Minister and the only other one to use these uh, these acts of of suppression during peacetime. The existence of emergency measures, so long as there is a left-wing possibility of leadership in your country, means they will use it. That's it. Simple as that. Just like in the United States of America, but we haven't gotten this far yet, because we have a more robust opposition in this country. That's the, that's the reason. We will crush you. The government will crush your financial, li- li- your livelihood, your ability to access your own money if you oppose this government. And they talk about Hungary the phonies at the Washington Post, the moral phonies at the New York Times, and the rest. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody, going to take a complete break to go into history. I have, over the course of my broadcast career, 
presented to you biographers of presidents of the United States, it is the best, I think the easiest way to learn history is through biography. Having a book of history, no matter how well written, and some are terrific, obviously, that are not biographies, it means that you encounter so many figures, uh, it's difficult to maintain your uh, focus when you are reading such books. But if you read a biography, you get the big picture through the life of that individual. A president that very few Americans know anything about, 20th century no less, is Warren Harding. And uh, there is a wonderful, basically concise biography called The Jazz Age President, Defending Warren G. Harding, who needs a defense. We'll, ex- we'll hear why in a moment from the author. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Oh, yes, let me show it. I sometimes forget I'm also on video. There it is. Here's the book. Ryan Walters uh, is the author. And Amity Schles, whom I've had on for her biography of Calvin Coolidge, says, Presidents are ranked wrong. God, is that true? In The Jazz Age President Defending Warren G. Harding, Ryan Walters mounts a case that Harding deserves to move up and supplies the evidence to make that case strong. He is also a uh, professor. He teaches history at Collin College in North Texas. And so, Ryan Walters, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Are you now in Texas? I am in I'm in North Texas. I live in Fort Worth. You know, I thought Austin is North Texas. I thought uh, Fort Worth yeah. is more East Texas. Well, North, North, East, kind of North. All right. No, no, I was just curious if I had my Texas right. So what prompted you to write a defense of Warren Harding? And before you answer that, actually, tell people what years he was president. He was president from 1921 to 1923. He died in August of 1923. Uh, served 881 days in office. Was that the second shortest uh, after William Henry Harrison? It's one of the shortest, yeah. Um, um, he died. He served a little. He served about 150 days, um, uh, fewer than JFK. Oh, that's interesting. JFK was it was uh, also in there. That's right. So Warren Harding is elected again. What year? Nineteen. It was in nineteen twenty when he was elected. So uh, this is right after World War One. Right. He came in after Wilson. After Wilson's uh, progressive crusade, not only at home but in World War One, um, and ran his campaign on a return to normalcy, which is what the country wanted and what the country needed. The economy was in bad shape. We were in bad shape in foreign policy. Um, domestic tranquility wasn't good. Um, and he came in and turned it around. That's what the book's about. It's about the fact that he's a much better president than he's given credit. Well, if anybody knows anything, they know about scandal in his administration. So tell us about that. Yeah, he had three scandals in his administration, uh, unfortunately. That's less uh, than other presidents like Grant. And what I try to show in the book is that Harding was doing something about these scandals when they struck. 
there was one in the Veterans Bureau. There was one in the Justice Department. Um, people there were fired. They went to jail. And, of course, the big one everybody knows about is Teapot Dome. And as one scholar said, Teapot Dome was rather rinky-dink uh, compared to uh, scandals that we've seen since then, including the one that looks like it's brewing right now. Um, and it just, and it, just it, it concerned uh, oil reserves that the Navy Department had that the Secretary of the Interior had transferred to his department. And leased he, he leased them to private oil men to do and, and it was just a good old-fashioned bribery case. And Harding found out about that just before he died, and that, that scandal broke after he died. And so I think it's a little unfair to criticize him for Teapot Dome because he didn't have a chance to do anything about it, and, it, and he was making plans to take care of it. Of course, Harding is, he's responsible for who he um, appoints to office. There's no question about that. But at least he was doing something about it. He wasn't covering Well, to his credit, he picked Calvin Coolidge as his running mate. All right, back in a moment here. And in, in, uh, we're talking about the book. It's up at DennisPrager.com, a, a brief biography. You should, we should all know about each president, whether we like them or not. But uh, this is an important book about the Warren Harding. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Taking a break to learn some history. How many of you know anything about Warren Harding or even know the name? He was the president after the first left-wing disaster in American presidential history, Woodrow Wilson. Called himself a progressive. And you know what he was prior to the presidency? You'll be shocked a professor and then president at Princeton. The rot in the university goes back at least a century. I've talked to you about this and explained that to get a PhD in the late 19th century, you generally had to go to Europe. People were influenced by the German socialists in their universities, came back and began the ruination of American education leading to the presidency of Woodrow Wilson. So I'm speaking with Ryan Walters, who teaches history at, uh, let me get the name of the college correct, Collin College in Texas. So Ryan Walters' book is The Jazz Age President Defending Warren Harding. Who did Harding run against? He ran against James Hawk. Cox was the sitting governor of Ohio. It's kind of an interesting election because both men were journalists. They owned newspapers, and both of them were Ohio politicians. Harding was a U.S. senator from Ohio. Cox was uh, the governor. And Cox's running mate was FDR, the young Franklin Roosevelt before polio's. Oh, is that interesting? I did not know that. So, and wait, you Harding, said, so you had two Ohioans running against one another for the presidency? Yeah, Battle of Ohio. Did it ever happen before, that uh, same state? Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, and, and, of course, they're the only two journalists that have ever run for president. Of course, they ran against each other. Um, Cox was running a campaign based on Wilsonian progressivism. Harding running a campaign on America First conservatism. And Harding won more than 60% of the vote. Yes, I would think so. So it shows it shows people how far back the left-wing roots of the Democratic Party run. 
yeah, you can actually, and of course in my courses, uh, I try to teach the real history. You can actually trace it back to uh, William Jennings Bryan. That's when it really started. And of course the first real president we had as a progressive was Wilson and he was a complete disaster. Uh, but yet in the latest rankings, Wilson's in the top 10 and, and Harding's in the bottom. Well, of course, the who's ranking them? <laughs> Left-wing so, professors. Right. That's who's writing the history books. And that's why I wrote this book. I said, somebody needs to tell the other side. That's of the right. That is exactly right. That's why I'm having you on. And that's why I think historians that that buck the trend of left-wing conformity uh, are so important. I, I think that Harding is, is loathed by the left, not because of Teapot Dome, but because of his views. He, he, and, he and Trump are, are very close. Um, Robert Spencer... And the blurb on the back of the book said he was Trump before Trump, and that's true. He had a, he had a, a very conservative philosophy on economics like Coolidge. He had an America first foreign policy, America first trade policy. And he was going against the progressive tide that we'd seen for at least the previous 20 years. Um, so that's exactly why. You get, you get these progressive liberal uh, professors that love Wilson, they love FDR, um, so they hate Harding. That's right. It's a, it's as simple as that. And they hate Coolidge. Oh, they hate Coolidge. Yeah, Coolidge used to be ranked uh, in the bottom ten as well. He's come up a few spots. Oh. Harding has, but but not very many. I mean, Amity Schley's has done a great job with Coolidge. I'm trying to do the same thing with Harding. Well, so tell us something that what what I know why I love Coolidge. Coolidge thought that government should get out of people's lives, which is exactly what the founders of this country thought. What 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 is great or good about Harding? Well, Harding had the exact same philosophy, and what I try to show is that Harding is the one that started uh, the boom of the Roaring Twenties. Um, he's the one that brought in Andrew Mellon, and and of course Coolidge was there. And before Coolidge, vice presidents didn't really do very much; they were kind of shunned. Harding actually started the modern trend of bringing the vice president into the. Uh, cabinet meetings and having them be part of the government. So Coolidge helped Harding formulate his cabinet and, and pick people to run the government. So Coolidge gets credit as well, but Harding's the one that started the boom of the 1920s. And, and, and Coolidge took the baton and carried on after Harding died in 1923. It's very, it's very interesting that the people of the freest, most affluent country in the history of the world would vote for progressives did you ever ruminate on why that might be? Why did why did people find Wilson, and and why do people find leftism in America? I understand around the world, but wouldn't Americans in their DNA recoil? Yeah, you would think so. Uh, we had about a twenty-year progressive um, trend that really started with Theodore Roosevelt, Taft, and then of course Wilson really. Put it on well, the, those, those are those two were Republicans. Yeah, and progressive Republicans. Uh, they were certainly different than Harding. There's no question about that. That's this is when you start to see a little bit of a shift in the parties. Um, before before uh, Wilson and before William Jennings Bryan, the Democratic Party was much more conservative. But that progressive bug had, had really bit both parties. Uh, I argue in other books that it came out of the. the panic of 1893 that's when people began to see that the government should do more to support their life support their everyday life 
But look at what happened in 1920. I think it was too much for the American people. I think that's why Harding got over 60% of the vote. I think people had had, had it up to here with progressivism. Um, what, yeah, well, you know what, Professor? That's exactly what keeps happening. They've had it up to here with the school boards right. ruining children, and then they'll vote for progressives after the conservatives fix it up. Listen, thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted to meet you. The Jazz Age president defending Warren G. Harding, a great way to learn American history and a way to actually undo the damage of the left-wing historian. Ryan Walters, thank you. Thank you so much, Dennis. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here with you. That was fascinating. You You can't know anything if you don't know history. It's the most important subject. It was one of my two majors. Middle Eastern Studies was the other. And then in, in graduate school, Communist Affairs. That was, the, that was the title of my course specialization. My work toward the master's degree, which I didn't get because I gave it orally and I didn't write it. I decided to write a book instead. The book is still published. It's in most widely used English introduction to Judaism. I thought that the world needed that more than it needed another thesis about Lenin. <laughs> and it worked out well, I gotta say. But history, that's the thing you need to know. You know how far back the enticements of leftism are? I didn't know about William Taft till the till my guest spoke about that. Teddy Roosevelt, of course, I was aware of. And then Wilson. And the reason, the reason is people prefer to be taken care of than to be free. And that's it. That, that, that's the Mephistophelian trade-off. Mephistopheles is the devil in Dr. Faustus. And there's a deal that people make with the left, which is diabolical. And they say like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, very enticing and very persuasive. Oh, you just give me your soul and we'll give you free medical care, free college, free high school, free elementary school, free lunches, basic income. All we want is your soul. People give up their souls like that. Ah, I snapped my finger and it worked. The appeal of leftism is primal in the human species. It has nothing to do with quote-unquote politics. It's primal. We'll take care of you. Just shut up. And it works. The American experiment was the antithesis. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And take care of your community. The government is not here to take care of you. It's to protect your, ready, liberty. 
that's the dream. We're trying to keep it alive here. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Dennis Prager here. A good Friday to you. The speed with which Fridays arrive is breathtaking indeed. I don't remember the last time I was as... I don't even know if the word worried is accurate. Truly disturbed to the depths of my soul, that would be more accurate than I am about the communist takeover of Canada. I never use words hyperbolically. I didn't think Trudeau was a communist till I saw what he did, and then I looked it up, and sure enough, the man considers China to be an ideal, ideally run country, And he had only magnificent praise for Fidel Castro. The Prime Minister of Canada is a communist. He's a communist morally, not just economically. See, people think communism is an economic system. It's a system of cruelty. It's a system of tyranny. It's a system of barbarity. And in all those contexts, Justin Trudeau qualifies. Not not odd, he, he was raised by Pierre Trudeau, presumably, who, if not a communist, was a fellow traveler. Canada has become a bad country, do you understand? If there's such a thing as a bad country, are there a lot of nice Canadians? There's no bad country in the history of the world that didn't have nice people in it. That is meant literally. There are nice people in every bad country, just as there are bad people in every nice country. But as a country, Canada, right this moment, is a bad country. Really bad. It is moving toward Cuban-like, Mao-like repression of its own citizens. And this is the amazing thing. Every poll seems to suggest that the people of Canada are fully supportive of their communist prime minister. That's the most disturbing. That's what happens when you have a country that is prosperous, free, and stands for relatively nothing for generations. Can you name anything Canada stood for? Canada stood for, well, you all remember that? Hey, we got to dig up the uh, the Charles Krauthammer piece. Remember that? I'll never forget it. I had Charles Krauthammer on. It's a little silly to say before he died, but he sadly died prematurely. He was on the show periodically. We had a very nice relationship. He came to a PragerU event and was the featured speaker right before he got sick. It was a special evening uh, with Charles Krauthammer. 
I asked him on the on the phone. It was a phone interview on the radio. I I asked him since he grew up in Montreal, what's the biggest difference between Canada and the United States? And he uh, he had a brilliant answer. He said, "What is it? America is founded on." Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think that's what he said. We'll we'll dig it up for you. It's a very important quote now to play. And Canada, do you remember, Alan? The it's peace. What is it? Uh, no, no. Good government. Look it up. the The motto of Canada is something about some very. Uh, uninspiring phrase peace and and good government or good order something like that and it was a, it was a very intelligent response see if you don't stand for anything and things are going good you're fine no problem i've been to to 9 of the 10 i've spoken in 9 of the 10 canadian provinces I always enjoy my trips to Canada. But if you'd have asked me, what does Canada stand for? I, I would have said, I have no idea. If you'd ask Canadians, gee, what does Canada stand for? They would probably say, by the way, the elites would say, being not America. The identity of Canadians I have, I have some experience with Canada and Canadians, so uh, it's, it's actually serving us well right now. For, for many Canadians, the primary identity of Canada or of Canadians is not being American. We're not American. I remember, this is, goes back a long time, when I was a, a young guy traveling around the world, Canadian kids would, would very often drape their backpack with the Canadian flag, and very few other groups did that. That was their way of telling people, I'm not American, I'm, I'm Canadian. And for the elites, that was particularly important. The elites of Canada hated Donald Trump as much as the elites of the United States hated Donald Trump. The ease with which Canada has slid into uh, tyranny, and that's what it is now. I mean, I can't believe it, actually. I don't know of a precedent in the Western world where all of your money is essentially confiscated you cannot pay your rent. You cannot use your credit card because you took part in a nonviolent demonstration. God, if they'd have treated Antifa rioters like this, this country w- would be aghast. And by the way, so would I. You don't freeze people's money. You arrest them if you put them on trial if they violated the law. That's one thing. No access to your own money? 
emergency laws that were only invoked once before in Canadian history outside of wartime because truckers are, are having a a strike? I'm dying to speak to one of the truckers because they haven't they have a very simple answer now. Okay, we're leaving Ottawa. We're just not driving anywhere. That's all. Let let uh, Justin Trudeau deliver your goods. Every trucker in Canada has to join them. You you release these people's money back to them, or you folks uh, don't get uh, the uh, the goods you've you, you've expected from trucks. That that's the only answer. Emergency powers? Well, as I have said now, in the United States, seeing the the abuse of these powers by nothings, truly. I mean, these are all little men, the, the Trudeaus and Newsoms of our life. Little men. Get along, men. It's like the guy you know who gets to conduct the the traffic and it's clear he is reveling in this once in a lifetime power the the, the other truckers have to uh, have to join them i have to say the cbc which is quite left reported quite accurately what is being done to these this people's money? I, I devoted a lot of time yesterday to it. This is the most important story in the world, in my opinion. Canada's movement to a communist tyranny. It's a warning, of course, to other countries. What is uh, what Austria has done? The the massive fines for people who are not vaccinated, the inability to leave their homes. The ease with which countries that were free since World War II and in Canada hundreds of years, the ease with which they drift into tyranny is sobering. Hey, everybody. I'd like you to hear Justin Trudeau, the communist leader. I never use these terms just to insult or have some catharsis. The man's a communist. Morally, worse than economically, he's a communist. He's a bad human being. That's it. A bad human being is the head of our neighbor to the north. You want freedom? Go to Mexico, not Canada. You ever think you'd hear that? I never thought I'd say it. Here's a Justin Trudeau on Fidel Castro. On behalf of Sophie, our children, and myself, as well as all Canadians, I want to offer our deepest condolences on the death of Fidel Castro to the Castro family and to the people of Cuba. Oh, there's more than that. You, don't, you, oh, we, you should hear the whole thing. Sean, if you could find the whole thing, the praise of the man, how he loved his people and all the good that he did. So uh, if you could find the full quote, uh, the rest of it, that would be great. Uh, Now, could you play him on China? 
a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. That is so sick. Stephen Harper is the example of, he just said, I envy China's dictatorship and then attributes it to Stephen Harper, the wonderful conservative prime minister of uh, about 10 years ago, even, even less. And what is it that he loves about China's ability to do anything they want because they're a dictatorship? Go green. The entire green movement is a form of, of Marxism. It's, it, it is just another excuse for tyranny. There's always an excuse. They never say, give us, give us the ability to suppress liberty because we, we hate liberty, which the left does, because it means they don't control you. If you're free, they don't control you. They don't control you, they're out of business. So notice that? That was so revealing. Oh, look at that. China can do anything it wants with solar. That was his example of why China is, is better economically. Because they can impose solar and wind. I, I tell you, the human condition... You know, well, I've said this line all of my life. Many of you have heard it many times because I came to this realization so long ago. I have contempt for humanity and I love people. That's, that's, that's it. That's my life. We have a call here from uh, Toronto. David, Hello. How are you, Dennis? Could be could be better. Well, I have to tell you, for the first time in my life as a Canadian, I'm embarrassed by my country. And it's it's really funny because of what I do for a living and what I'm, a project I'm about to undertake. I cannot speak as, as uh, public as I'd like to. But I'm just really embarrassed by what's going on because I worry about the, the abuse of power. And one of the things in my life, I've always looked at the Bible, and it's always about don't abuse power, don't abuse power, don't abuse power. And to me, that's exactly what the government has done. And what ends up happening, people who support the government, they always reduce the, the truckers down to be racists and stuff like that. And it just is so disheartening. I can't tell you. I, I, you know, yes, I know you. I know I won't, I won't mention more about you. By the way, it's just a sign of our times that you don't want to indicate specifically who you are and what you do. That is truly a sign of our times. Yeah. And so my obvious question is, my my obvious follow-up question is, do you represent most of your friends and family or not? Uh, it's, It's a mixed bag. I think with my... With my family, I'm definitely uh, 
my my politics and my view of life is much more conservative, uh, small c, uh, and I just don't get into discussions with people. It's not it's not worth it at this time because no. I just have to. I, I have I have my group of friends who also hate Trudeau as as, uh, as much as you do. But you know, I have to tell you, many years ago, I, you had a call on your phone on your on your show, and a guy called in. And he says, "What's the most important institution in the United States?" And the answer was the individual. And that sentiment does not exist here. Wow, that's that's profound. Did I say it was that my answer? The individual? No, it was. No, it wasn't actually. The, the guy phoned in and asked you what you thought was the most important institution, and then his answer was... Oh, well, what, what, that, that's great. Thank you for remembering that. It's great to hear from you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. To be ashamed of your country is an awful thing. That's a great answer the guy gave. I thank, I thank David in Toronto. That's right. What is the most important American institution? The individual. They hate individualism. They mock it, the left. The narcissists of the left, the last people in the world who should mock it, but they do. The individual, you're worthless. The community, the group, and most important, the state. Turn in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. I'd like to play for you. Not, I can't uh, I, I read for you. November 26, 2016, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau today issued the following statement on the death of former Cuban President Fidel Castro. It is with deep sorrow that I learned today of the death of Cuba's longest-serving president. Is that hilarious? Longest-serving president. Because he was an effing dictator. Because there were no elections. Trudeau's a communist, ladies and gentlemen. Just understand that. He's a communist. He he is Canada's Castro. And Canadians are fine with it. Not all. But in general, no prob. Peace, order, and good government. That's That's the motto. That's it. What do you stand for? Peace, order, and good government. Well, you get peace, order, and good government in, in, in a lot of dictatorships. Well, not good, not good government in the sense of moral government, but government that governs. Fidel Castro, by the way, it is with deep sorrow. Everything about that sentence, deep sorrow, I learned of Fidel Castro's death with great joy. <laughs> Just for the record. Cuba's longest-serving president. That that you might as well say that the uh, what was Stalin's role? He was secretary general of the Communist Party. What was he in in terms of the government? Was he he wasn't president? He wasn't prime minister. What was his governmental title? I mean, I know I know communist Russia real well, huh? Wasn't secretary general. No, Secretary General is of the Communist Party. I'd like to know. Imagine, anyway, whatever they would say. Ah, with sorrow I learned of Joseph Stalin's death. 
Soviet Union's longest-serving leader. Fidel Castro was a larger-than-life leader and who served his people, served his people. General Secretary. No, General Secretary is of the Communist Party. That's General Secretary. Oh, of the of the Central Committee as well. No, of the Communist Party. That's what I said. So, but in 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 the Soviet Union, you had a president uh, like um, Kosygin. And you had a secretary general, Brezhnev. Right. They theoretically had separate roles. Mm-hmm. They were the same, but they theoretically. So that, but he was head of the government and head of the party. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what his government title was. Secretary general of the party. Fidel Castro was a large, larger than life leader who served his people for almost half a century. A legendary revolutionary and orator. Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. This is mind-blowing. While a controversial figure, controversial, uh, man who ruined his country, the man ruined a country that was one of the best educated and wealthiest in Latin America before this guy ruined it. Both Mr. Castro's supporters and detractors recognized his tremendous dedication and love for the Cuban people. He loved the Cuban people as much as Stalin loved the Russian people. Stalin wasn't Russian, as it happens. Who had a deep and lasting affection for El Comandante. This is mind-blowing. This could have been written by the Communist Party of Cuba. I know my father was very proud to call him a friend. Oh, I believe that. You are your father's son. That's right. A-hole, Ben A-hole. And I had the opportunity to meet Fidel when my father passed away. It was also a real honor to meet his three sons and his brother, President Raul Castro, during my recent visit to Cuba. Honor. Honor. On behalf of all Canadians, all, wow, Sophie and I offer our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and many, many supporters of Mr. Castro. We join the people of Cuba today in mourning the loss of this remarkable leader. Holy crow. Now you know the truly bad human being who runs Canada. Well, it all emanates from something, and I know what it emanates from. When you don't stand for anything, someone who stands for something bad will take over. The Dennis Prager Show. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. So what more do you need, man who praises China... 
acknowledging it's a dictatorship, but they have the ability to to really push for green policies. And the praise he lavished on Fidel Castro when that monster died. Whew. It's all revealing, isn't it? Asking Canadians, what does Canada stand for? It's an interesting question. I, I don't mean right now, even. A- ask them 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. See, there's very little turmoil. It, peace, order, and good government is one of its mottos, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is in the United States. So in good times, affluence and... Nobody bothers suppressing your liberty because there's there's no political, moral tension in the country. But they they were not prepared, as half of America was not prepared. What does America stand for? Conservatives in the United States know what I call the American Trinity, liberty and God we trust, e pluribus unum, from many one. The sanctity of the individual over the state, a small state. What does Canada stand for? Same thing happened in Sweden. Remember that? The Swedish prime minister was asked, what are Swedish values? Do you remember that? And she said, I don't know. I don't know if there are Swedish values. The prime minister of a country doesn't know if her country has specific values. But I would think that that's true for a lot of countries. And that's that's what opens the 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 way, paves the road, whatever other cliche you can come up with, for bad people to fill the vacuum that has been created in Western countries. You've heard me play many times the New Zealand Prime Minister that uh, if it doesn't come from the government, it isn't true. So I'd like you to hear the New Zealand Prime Minister's latest comments on uh, misinformation. So, uh, you know, actually, I really question the motivation of, of what I see down there. So my so message instead, Maddie, would be to actually How do you fix it? Oh, how, how do you fix the issue of misinformation and disinformation? This no, I mean, how do you, issue, fi- how do you that fix the... that? How do you fix the anger? How do you fix the, those messages of, of violence? And that's, people? Maddie, and that's, and that's actually, it does come back to misinformation. For quite some time now, I've obviously been confronted by protests, and what has stood out to me is that fact that so many are there based on, on things that simply aren't true. And so this is an issue that the globe is grappling with um, and we do need to grapple with because seeing people so enraged by things that just aren't true um, is worrisome um, and is something that we are all going to have to confront. Right now, though, obviously a big focus for us is getting New Zealand through the pandemic, getting us safely through. And some of these longer term issues we are going to have to grapple with in the future. All that is is a justification for censorship. That, that all of that gobbledygook. By the way, this reporter, does he work for her? Yeah, exactly. This reporter is a joke. It's like goading her on to give to give her leftist gobbledygook. 
Really, everybody demonstrating against you, Prime Minister, is the product of misinformation? Really? How about this for misinformation? That natural immunity is not as good as vaccine immunity. That's not just misinformation. That's a downright lie. It's pure, undiluted lie. Okay? And every, every honest scientist, of whom there are fewer and fewer... Acknowledge that. Who? What is the name of the Harvard guy? Kulendorf? What? Do you know what his name is? Close. I know I'm close, but no, I'm not sure I get a cigar. Might be a close but no cigar moment. Uh, he he uh, was on Fox News last night. I, I'm not sure he's stating at Harvard. They intimated that he might not be. Close, but no cigar. And he was talking about, we have known the power of natural immunity literally, he said, for thousands of years. It it is a phenomenon of the lying CDC and the lying FDA and the chief liar Fauci that they would deny that natural immunity is stronger than vaccinated immunity. It, It It is stronger because, among other things, it lasts longer. It is stronger, among other things, because it takes on a whole host of the proteins that create the virus. Whereas the the vaccine is limited to the specific virus for which the vaccine was made. Kohldorf. Just Yeah. Yeah. See if he's leaving Harvard, okay? See what the latest is news on him. Martin, is that his first yeah, name? Yeah. yeah. He, he got a Nobel Prize, I learned last night, uh, in some medical arena. Well, what does he know? He's, he's not the, the CDC or Biden. Misinformation? Hmm. Kids like masks. Is that misinformation? That's the L.A. Times. Three pieces in the L.A. Times this past week. An editorial and two opinion pieces about how kids are fine with masks. I played for you yesterday the cheering of kids in Las Vegas when one kid yelled out, no more masks. Fine with masks, absolutely. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore! I guess it's misinformation that I'm playing for you. Dangerous times. We're not. Uh, we're not uh, lost yet, though. Just want you to know. A lot of people think about the truth as a beautiful thing to possess. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Well, my friends. Devoted this hour to Canada and to the communist who runs it, and I mean it literally. I don't throw out terms like the left does <laughs> that these are Nazi sympathizers, the truckers. I mean, they. It's so difficult to fight the left because they usurp all the lies, and they usurp the language. So it's it's so hard. They. They throw out the worst terms they can if you oppose them. Stalin called Trotsky a fascist. 
Trotsky founded the Red Army. Trotsky, along with Lenin, founded the Communist Party, the Bolsheviks. But he, uh, but but Trotsky opposed Stalin. And uh, fled to Mexico, where Stalin sent an agent to murder him with an ice pick, which he did. That's that's their modus operandi. That that is what Justin Trudeau is doing to the truckers. You should be scared out of your mind, not of COVID, not of global warming, but of the left. It's the only thing that scares me on this planet is the left. What they're doing to these truckers and the people who sent them money, freezing all of their money, not allowing them, literally not allowing them to function. As I said earlier, this is certainly a lesson in the importance of cash. Cash has a lot of uh, disadvantages, could be stolen, could be lost. Where do you keep it? It's tough, but I'll tell you, you should uh, you should keep a lot of cash somewhere, maybe in a vault. But you got to keep it somewhere. The left can do this in America. I don't think they could do it as easily. We have uh, more robust courts. The courts in Canada are a joke. Like the courts in uh, in Cuba were a joke. They just uh, support the left wing regime, as a general rule. It's really sad, but it is not shocking when I think about it. What does Canada stand for? What does America stand for for young Americans? They were never taught it. When you don't teach good stuff. The bad stuff fills the vacuum. I'm Dennis Prager. We continue.